This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So great to have all you here today. And and today what I want to talk about, I really do want to talk about the power of one. I'm going to be using these hand gestures so you can get yourself loosened up a little bit. You know, this versus this. And what is that power of one and how does it connect? How does it connect in with with Christianity and new church Christianity and, and how we can see the world in a different way? Question for you folks. And I'm going to do a whole series on this, but the... It just, it just struck me as a really important question. Please raise your hand if you struggle with finding joy. I'm trusting there's a lot of you with your hand up up there. You know, we can struggle with finding joy. And, and I feel like we can look at this power of one and maybe we can find ways to struggle less and ways to maybe find joy more. Now, now, the first part of the struggle, I had a dear friend, Reverend Mark Perry, he called me from San Diego, and he said, Chuck, I've got a great sermon for you. So he, so he went through with some ideas, and they were so good, I'm poaching them today. Because I think he really is on to something about what that struggle is and how that struggle gets in the way of joy. And what God always talks about is trying to give us not just joy, but the fullness of joy. And joy is a little bit different from happiness. That's a whole other series in and of itself. But, but that idea of, of deep, really deep, heartfelt joy. So one of the challenges with the struggle is what, what we can call the default position. In other words, we have, for most of us, we have sort of this default where we're restless. I'm going to have you say the D word there. Where we're restless, irritable, and discontent. Discontent. So if we're, if we're restless, irritable, and discontent, and that's sort of our, our default position, it means that joy is only a momentary interruption. Like our life goes on, but then joy happens, and they're like, well, it was a good day, but it was just one day. How many of us can fall into that? You know, where we see not joy as the default, but we see the struggle as the default. And so what can happen then is we're restless, irritable, and discontent. If if that's our default position, what we have is this, the magic magnifying glass. Let's say that together. Magic magnifying glass. In other words, it's it's a glass that when I'm I'm restless, irritable, and discontent, that looks at any little problem out there and like magnifies it. Here's an example for you. I imagine I share this with a lot of you. How about bills? I, I had a root canal a couple of weeks ago. I don't recommend it. I had a root canal a few weeks ago, and, and we just got the dentist bill, and, and just even seeing the envelope was like, <gasps> end of life as we know it. Magic magnifying glass that takes this thing, it's just a simple bill, and like blows it up into being uh, you know, something much bigger than actually it is. And that's where I think, folks, too, with that magic magnifying glass, if we're always in that irritable place and everything gets magnified, life has a lot of drama to it. Because we're always looking around and any little thing somebody says, we blow it up more and more and more, far beyond what it needs to be. And then when bad stuff happens, these three things take place. The three Ps, all right? You guys want to say this with me here? Pervasive, permanent, personal. Now, I've preached on this before. That was four Ps. Uh, 
you know, but this is really significant. This is from a, from a, a study, Martin Seligman down at the University of Pennsylvania. And he said, this is what happens when we get into kind of learned helplessness. So pervasive. In other words, the event happens and we believe that it will, it'll just span out throughout our whole life. You know, it's, it's, it's not just one event. It's the whole bit. So in other words, when I look at that, when I look at that envelope from the dentist, I can look at that envelope and, and I can believe that my whole day is ruined. That my whole day is over. The next one, permanent. The permanent bit is that, and thus it will always be. That there actually is no possibility of change. That this is a permanent condition. And the last one, personal. That we make it somehow all about us. Like somehow this was us, somehow this was, this was my fault. Again, I can, I can look at my dentist bill and I first thought in my mind is, boy, am I stupid. Like, how does that work? You know, and, and, and if that's my default position and they just keep on overplaying it again and again and again, I get into my head so much and it's just like this, this loop that just keeps on replaying, 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 replaying. And what happens then is any little event that occurs starts to feel like this. It starts to feel like a mousetrap. Starts to feel anytime I'm touching something that there's, there's a trap there and the trap's gonna slam shut. I, I was watching a, you know, a YouTube video and they even had a guy, I don't know why people decide to do this, but, but he set up a trampoline with a thousand mousetraps in it and jumped in. Being like, dude, there's other ways to go viral. But that, you know, I think for a lot of us, like, that's the way it really feels. Like, we're always jumping into a thousand mouse traps. And there's a different way to look at the world. And, and, and the trick here, folks, I think is this. Like, for a lot of you, you're going, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to feel that way anymore. I don't want to feel like everything's a mouse trap. And if you follow my line of thinking that doesn't work, my line of thinking goes, yeah, and I won't have those mouse traps if this changes. And this, all the events of my life that I need to change. And now all of a sudden I won't feel like it's a mousetrap. But the reality is it's, it's a different process we're talking about here. It's a process where it's the movement here. Impending doom, where we're separated from, gives way, I'm going to have you say the last two words there, with baseline peace and where we all now are. One with, can we say one with one more time? one with. So, so that impending doom, like that constant <gasps> worry, that constant concern, that idea that we're separated from and we have this default position and, and everything is, is following along with these three Ps, everything gets magnified, that will create impending doom. And it makes us feel very separate from our loved ones. I don't know a lot of people who connect well with those they love when they're in deep fear and anxiety. But there's something different here. There's a shift that we can make into a baseline peace, and it's the understanding of being one with. Where we're no longer seeing ourselves as a separate self out there trying to like grab from reality, grab these things out there, sort of grab our happiness, get our piece of the pie, so to speak. And I'm going to come back to this in a, in a month, in a, in a sermon in one month, because I think it's so important. We're no longer kind of 
separate selves, grabbing out there at reality. We are now in reality. That's big. We are now in reality. We're now living from a different place. Now as the band comes out, as the band comes out, I want you to think about what that can mean when we really start to live in that reality. And as we live in that reality, and we start to look out there and see the world and to, and to see the world in different ways where we, where we start to really deeply understand how one with looks, how it acts, how it feels. And it's not like generic nostalgic stuff. I mean, it actually has a courage to it. It has a bravery. It has a tenacity to it. A tenacity closely connected. When we really learn to live with one love. So that, that one life, like how do, we, how do we get to that? Like how do we get to that? How can that become, listen carefully folks, how can that become the new default position? Again, where we move away from, from those words of being restless, irritable, and, and discontent, where we move away from that into this one life, one love, peace. And P-E-A-C-E there. And, and I think it's entirely possible. I know it's possible. Because I think probably most of us have had at least a moment there. Now, I want to start out, you know, you know, talking about that. How do we, again, it's that baseline piece. How do we get there? And I think a lot of it starts from, from again, just a basic understanding of God. All right, so I'm going to have you folks do a little thing with me here. We like doing nice hand gestures here in New Church Live. So, please stand up. All right. Shake your arms a little bit. All right. So, one God. One God. All right, you got to use your Morgan Freeman voice for the one God part. All right? So, everybody say with me. One God. One God. All right, now let's say it really loud. One God. One God. That's it. Oh, I'm, I'm just, I just want the audience to hear you two say that. I'll just do the hand gestures without the voice. Ready? One God. One God. Good. Good. Give yourselves a round of applause, folks. All right, please be seated. Like, that's, that's, I think, where it starts. It's this idea, and this comes from, from New Church, the idea of the infinite one. A beautiful way that Emmanuel Swinburg talks about God. The infinite one. Because what I think happens a lot is, is, is I tend to, to fall into, I think a lot of people do, the idea, no, there's, no, 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 there's only one God. And it's a little God. It's a God I've tamed, and it happens to be the God I believe in. So it becomes just one God, but it's really narrow. And, and anything that's outside of that particular view of just one God, one little God, is heretical or, or damning or, or a challenge, it's a problem. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that, that God doesn't have expectations of us in terms of, of things that, that we're asked to do. Of course, that's true. But it's more than just this. We're talking infinite one. We're talking infinite one. We're talking something so different, so incredibly different. And the word, you know, as I was thinking about it this morning, 
The word that keeps coming to my mind with this is embracing. Constricting. Embracing. And a world of difference between those two. And and I think a very important difference. Because that infinite one, we then can live in and through that and develop what in the new church is called, let me say, if you say the O word there, our heavenly own, our heavenly own. Now, now, when that word, when you read through some of the literature around new church, heavenly own, the O is actually capitalized. Because that heavenly own is God with us. Like, I, I, I want to say this with real authority. Real authority. Like, God loves you. God loves you in such a particular way that he made you into that particular form. We are all finited forms of God's love. Start very beginning of the Bible. God made the male and female in the image and likeness of God. And it's a heavenly own. It's a part that actually is, a, is God's gift within us. God's torch, God's light our soul, whatever word you want to call, that's deep within us, that can connect to this. I was just hearing yesterday, you know, Luke graduated from college. My daughter graduated from college, but I'm not one to brag. And, and, and when my, you know, we heard the, we heard the valedictory talk and it was really good. And it was, it was a young student, Michelle Bedford, and she talked about how she had gone to Peru, was all worried about language and, 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 you know, how am I going to work with these students that I'm, that I'm supposed to work with? Again, the language. And she went there, a little hand reaches up, grabs her hand, grabs her hand. Infinite one. Connection. Goes across. It's not this narrow thing. It's something much broader, much more beautiful, much more incredible. Those two can become a new default position. Now I wanna, I wanna talk about what, what God, God gives us some great images for this. So I wanna talk about one from John. So take a look at this Bible story. This is a well-known one. This is a new translation called The Message. And it's, it's, an, it's an old story many, many Christians are familiar with where, where Christ is kind of talking about like how do all these pieces fit together? And this is what he says in The Message. And it's beautiful, beautiful translation. I am the real vine and my father is the farmer. He cuts off every branch of me that doesn't bear grapes. In other words, prunes it back. And every branch that is grape-bearing, he prunes back so it will bear even more. Live in me. Make your home in me, just as I do in you. Sometimes the translation, probably a lot of us are familiar with, with, with is abide in me. Abide in me. Now I want to st- step over to here and talk about maybe how this can work, the ways we can see this. So if we look at it kind of like the trunk or the vine, we look at branches and then we look at fruit down here. It's it's interesting when you look at all three of these and how they relate to each other. Is this going to bear any fruit just like this? Yes or no? No. You can see like the branches are cut off. It doesn't work. Is this going to bear any fruit? (laughs) Not really. 
even the fruit in and of itself, if, if it's just left like in a bowl, not a, not a future there. This part, like, I, I don't know. Like, this part, this part just, just, just stuns me in a certain way. And I don't quite get it, but I think this is why Christ constantly comes back to these parables, because they're such big concepts. We're humans. We don't really get it. And so he says, look, I'm going to try to help you to, to just have one way to hold it. If I take the DNA from here or there or there, the DNA in all three is the same. The DNA in all three is the same. But here's Christ saying, like, it's all about this connectedness. A new church idea I just love is, is listen to this, folks. Nothing unconnected can even exist. Nothing unconnected can even exist. So it is all about this connection, these, these pieces that flow back and forth together that of course you have to have the trunk or, or the vine. And of course you have to have the branches. And again, the DNA is going to be the same. And of course the whole point of it's the fruit. See, there's, there's a number of things I think he's saying here. He's, I think God is saying, look, you need me. You need me. And, and, and you need me to be that, that, that trunk, that, that basic thing that you can organize a life around. And you ready for this? I think God's really clear about this in this parable. And I need you. I need you. I need you. I'm the trunk. I'm not the branch. You are. There's a whole different, whole different way of seeing the story in Genesis way at the beginning of the Bible when, when, when God says, be fruitful and multiply. That symbiotic relationship, that going back and forth, that connectedness, the mutual love, the partnership, that's what this is speaking to in, in just such a beautiful, beautiful way. And of course, he says as well, and there's going to be pruning. Now, does pruning sound terribly comfortable? Yes or no? <laughs> no, it does not. Nobody chooses, no tree goes, please prune me. In pruning, what you do is you cut something back in order for it to be more fruitful. And that may sound at, at the outset like, well, that's a little austere, like God with scissors pruning me back. That doesn't sound really great. Think of it this way. Think of pruning as getting rid of those states in our life that are getting in the way of us being even more fruitful. Those places where we've been restless, irritable, and discontent. Does that sound like the kind of pruning you would want to have? <laughs> yeah. It's the kind of pruning we want to have. It's the kind of pruning we need to have. And it is what God's doing. And it's, it's constantly pulling that back. And the point of it is so that we can be more fruitful. And, and the, the wonderful flow of how this can go. I mean, it really is a miracle when you start to let it in. And we can start to see this connectedness in all kinds of ways. I'm going to step back over here. Now, I asked, uh, you know, our, our, our volunteer team right before church, I said, what is the largest 
tree in the world? Does somebody want to shout out an answer? Somebody said one. General Sherman, that's incorrect. It's a trick question. We, uh, live oak, we tend to think of it as being a single tree. Redwood, sequoias, right? We tend to think of it being a single tree or a single type of tree. The reality is the largest tree in the world is this. This was pretty, I think, pretty cool. It's a tree called the Whispering Giant. 47,000 trees, one forest in Utah, who share the exact same root system because they're aspens and share the exact same DNA. The oldest tree, the largest tree, granted, not like the General Sherman, not the tallest tree. Does that tell you a lot about life? Right, that, that, that oneness that we can share, that, that new kind of default position that's something very, very different. And what we can start to get there is we start to share those roots and we start to focus on that, on that oneness, on a new default position, on the power of one. We can start to understand oneness. And I love this, this line from the book, True Christianity. Partnership comes from moving closer together until each side comes to share the same tension. Let's say, can we say the word intention again? I really want to get clear. That's really big. Notice it doesn't say the same action. Does it say the same thoughts? No. Not the same action. Not the same thoughts, but the same intention. The same intention. When we put an intention out there, and this is where, you know, like I, I just look at this church, what this church has been able to do just on a simple focus of service. That's how alignment takes place. Now, now of course, we all would serve in different ways. I mean, we probably have a couple hundred people here. If I went through and I surveyed 200 people, I'd have 200 different answers. But we would still feel as one. Little hand in Peru reaching up for an English-speaking teacher. That intention, folks, I got one example of it that I just loved that I heard about where, where two, two groups who are, who are on very diametrically opposed sides of, of the debate around abortion. And we can all have very strong opinions about that. What they were trying to do was figure out a way to move forward. And this is what they figured out. They figured out, and I don't have the exact um, chronological date here, but I believe if I remember I heard it correctly, they said no child would be in an institution more than two weeks before they were with a foster family. Now you think about that. Here's these two, these, these, these positions that you just think like, well, they could never actually do anything together. Look at the polarity there. But when we really get this connectedness, that the vine, the branches, the fruit, and we really try to come together shoulder to shoulder and move forward with an intention, a very deliberate intention, all kinds of stuff can happen. Folks, this polarity, pick any polarity you want. Anytime it's this and this with no desire to find a common intention, there ain't no fruit. Nothing fruitful happens. Please say amen. <laughs> you know, like nothing fruitful happens. 
It's all disjointed. It's all cut apart. And, and yet we're being asked to pull that intention together to get us focused in one direction. And that's where, again, really good things can happen. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to come out in the audience. And as a way to just celebrate like some of the intentions that we have shared here at New Church Live, we're going to be asking this question. Online audience is welcome to text it into me. What are the intentions we have come to share here that bring us together? And this is not, folks, to make some sort of like, well, aren't we better than every other church? No, we're not. <laughs> we aren't better than every other synagogue or, or, or mosque or any of that. It's just saying, what are the intentions that you've realized that we've come to share here that have brought us together? If you're a first-time attending, just listen to this. Listen to some of these intentions people have. So if you raise your hand, I will be around. Just a real quick, this is an intention that I've found that we share here. Let me grab the mic. Give the kids a round of applause here, two folks as they come on in. They're getting ready for the baptism. A little wave. So let's let's get some answers here. What are some intentions that you have seen that we've come to share? Acceptance. 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 That idea that people are accepted across the board. Did I see one down here? to your kid all right totally that was like one of those like <laughs> you want to put one okay the love of people oh. the love of people we should probably stop church right there that's that's like it the love of people the love of people great music great did band hear that great music great music what's another one out there folks <laughs> being welcoming being welcoming that idea of, of like the radical hospitality that Christians can be and can have oh another good one the feeling of belonging say it one more time so everybody hears the feeling of belonging the feeling of belonging that everyone belongs I hope all the first time people hear that you know like the feeling of belonging Allie In your video on Facebook, it was really clear that service is a huge part. Service. Not serve us, but serve us. And with that, I want you folks to enjoy this video by Ann McCaffrey, where she shows the past year, a wonderful year, here at New Church Live. Take a look at the video. Club. 
trade your worries. You gotta show up if you wanna be seen. If it matters to you, Ma, it matters to me. I'm gonna fall hard, yeah, I know I am. When the clouds crack up, I laugh with them. There ain't no man can save me. There ain't no man can enslave me. Ain't no man or man that can change the shape my soul is in. There ain't nobody here who can cause me pain or raise my fear. Cause I got only love to share. If you're looking for truth, I'm proof you'll find it there. You say you look funny, I say you're a star. I say you're whatever you think you are. Watch a naysayers fall right in line. If we believe it, they'll say, she is so pretty. He is so fine. There ain't no man can't save me. There ain't no man can enslave me. Ain't no man or man that can change the shape my soul is in. There ain't nobody here who can cause me pain or raise my fear. Cause I got only love to share. If you're looking for truth, I'm proof you'll find it there. Got to go somewhere, ain't that true? Not a whole lot of time for me or you. Got a whole lot of reasons to be mad. Let's not pick one. I live in a room at the top of the stairs. Got my windows wide open and nobody cares. And I got no choice but to get right up when the sun comes through. Ain't no man can't save me. There ain't no man can enslave me. There ain't no man or man that can change the shape my soul. There ain't nobody here who can cause me pain or raise my fear Cause I got only love to share If you're looking for truth, I'm proof you'll find it there If you're looking for truth, I'm proof you'll find it there If you're looking for truth, I'm proof you'll find it What a joy it is to see all that and, and you know, some of the ones we got online uh, to bring us closer to the Lord. Real church community, love, kindness, creativity, expansion. All those things are true and those are the intentions from God that we can start to share. That's what connects the trunk to the branch to the fruit. We get aligned around those beautiful intentions and we start to move them forward. It's beautiful. I love the way Pope Francis put it. How wonderful would it be while we discover faraway planets to rediscover the needs of the brothers and sisters orbiting around us? Is that stinking beautiful or what? No, that's it. That's how it all starts to connect. That's what we celebrate here today, eight years in our own broken way of trying to do it, as well as celebrating very specific ways that it's shown up in people's lives and in families. So it feels very appropriate to close today's service with a baptism. So please join me in a prayer and then we'll go into the last song.
So Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you, Lord, for this reminder that you are the vine, that we are the branches, and that the point, the point of it all is the fruit. Help us, Lord, to serve. Help us to connect. Help us to move forward with a loving intention out there into the world. And help us, Lord, to celebrate. To celebrate on this day eight years of a church doing its best to move forward to make a difference in this world. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for this amazing congregation. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 